everybody. This is Naja Hall. Of course, you guys know my voice by now. I think this is episode 90 something. We're all the way up there, guys. We're getting old. Yikes. <laughs> so welcome to another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. I have two. I think these guys are equally as crazy as the rest of us, but we're about to find out. <laughs> we have the Tandys here with me today. So I have Randall and Scarlett of Enjoying Your Blended family so right after this dance break i'm about to tell you all about the tandies i know i'm crazy i know i'm crazy i know i'm doing crazy i know i'm crazy today i'm sitting down with randall and scarlett tandy they officially started their blended family journey in 2008 after dating for a year and a half. They started with three kids, one his baby and two of her babies, and then later on fostered a teenager. Now, we all know that blended families are full of tons of twists and turns, but Randall and Scarlett's story is one especially of heartbreak because they saw their kids each leave one by one during their teenage years to go and live with their other parents. They dealt with periods of estrangement, having struggling relationships, and ultimately saw each and every one of their kids come back to them and were able to develop a stronger than ever relationship. The Tandy's mission is to strengthen blended family relationships and having more fun, giving us hope and encouraging everybody to enjoy the journey together. Now I need everybody to put your hands together and give the Tandy's a warm, I know I'm crazy, welcome. And hey guys, for those of you out there in I Know I'm Crazy land that are listening to this on one of your favorite streaming platforms, this particular episode you can also go and see. So if you want to get a, view, a visual, you know, if you're more of a visual, visual creature, then pop over to my YouTube, any one of my social channels or the website and go and look at us. So let's get into who the heck these Tandies are. You guys have come in this blended family niche real fast and made a name for yourself and you you guys do it in such a freaking positive way mm, mm. is it real is this positivity for real <laughs> tell me that <laughs> no for real it is it is for real but it is intentional it's a choice it's a choice right so okay. you have to choose to be happy you have to choose joy and you know, that's, it can be hard. It can be tough in blended families to do that. So we have to be intentional about that and choose that mm -hmm. happiness, choose to see the joy. And whenever you do, you see more of it. Mm -hmm. yes. It so really is like a what snowball effect. What do I do? So what do you do on the days when, cause choosing joy, it sounds cool. It would make for a great t-shirt. Um, admin <laughs> guys, remember, make the uh, choose joy t-shirt. Let's get that up on Amazon tomorrow. But for real, like, what do you do, Scarlett, when it's hard, when life looks like it's trying to pull something else that's the opposite of joy from you? How do you choose freaking joy? Yeah, well, and like Randall was saying, it is a choice. And we have to be, this all started because of the fact that it was so freaking hard and we were we were, we went through seasons and seasons and seasons where it was so hard that we felt like the seasons went by and we missed opportunities. So we decided that, okay, we've got to start enjoying these moments with our kids, without our kids, whatever that's going to look like, we have to figure this out. And so the, the crappy days, they still come on a regular basis. And that's where me personally, I have to have like a handful of things that I know this is what lifts up my spirit. So the first thing I do, like I have to wake up and spend time with the Lord. Like that's the first thing I do, because if I don't, then I can like let everything in life, like just take me down. 
when my mind is constantly in this state of, I have zero control right here. And all I want to do is be able to control this situation, but I can't, I put like worship music in my ears where it's positive mm. thoughts and words. And I'll just cry and let it out until I just feel the peace inside mm. of me. It might be going for a run while I'm listening to it as well. So I do these things to pick me up so that I can keep moving forward in the day because life's not going to stop just because I'm in a funk or because something's happening with my kids that's out of my control. That is so amazing that you say that because my song is damn, it feels good to be a gangster. But <laughs> however, y'all, however, we all just like, no worship music, though, worship music that. I always cry whenever I listen to worship music, like during Sunday mornings at church, mm -hmm. the prayer and worship time is like, I'm snatching lashes off and I'm crying like, oh, you know, cause I'm acting so ugly during the week. So I feel like God is like, girl, you better come here and get real. But, <laughs> but that's such a good, that's such a good task. You kind of go to that place where you become centered and you're able to recalibrate and you go to your source, which your particular source is to go into a spirit of worship. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about you guys' blended family and what it looks like for you. Give us like the family structure breakdown. Um, you know, who did what, who was married before, <laughs> who ain't. Yeah, you know, give, give me the give us the breakdown. Yeah, for sure. We we both were divorced. We came from divorce, and I had one biological child, and she was eight years old when we met. She had two biological kids. Uh, funny story, both of our girls are named Riley. So uh, initially <laughs> when she has started uh, looking at, at you know, possibly us talking, she was like, oh, this won't work. Yeah, we have like two kids the same. <laughs> so, well, so, you know, what do you do in that situation? You can't marry someone and have two kids with the same name. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it worked. It worked. And so, so yeah, no, we came together just, just kind of, you know, beautiful and we married and we said, you know, this is it, you know, divorce is not an option. We've already been down that road. And we, we chose that, you know, th this is, we're going to through thick or thin, you know, we're going to make this work. And so no, we did. And it wasn't until probably about five, six years later, we add an ad addition to our family. Um, it was a 18 year old, uh, youth student that we had not a normal addition, yeah, not a normal addition, <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of, wait a her. minute. What? <laughs> well, y'all gotta wait, but go back. So your hours baby was an 18 year old hours baby. Okay. 18 year old, much later down the road for sure. Yeah. But you know, she was just really struggling going through some hard times. So we brought her in we saw a whole new form of blended family challenges that just bring in her in with our, our kids. And, you know, so yeah, it was just this thing to where now it is beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of us in a nutshell. Yes. And all the to get to the beauty too, right? Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Cause he just skipped right over anything that was difficult. Darla, <laughs> you, know, you know, I was going to go back and say, wait a minute. Now. <laughs> that was the abridged version, Rand. <laughs> okay. So, so we gave you the short version. Now we can dive in. We can dive in a little <laughs> deep, you know? And yeah. Yeah. We definitely had a lot of seasons. Yes. So then let's talk about, um, because both of you previously, um, were married. And then you've gone through the devastation of divorce for whatever reason. And you guys came together. Before we talk about the previous relationships, I want to know how'd you guys meet? Because there's a lot of divorcees that listen to this podcast and they're thinking that they can't find love again or they feel hopeless. How did you meet? 
and give some suggestions to those divorcees that don't think that their their um, second life is out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was through sort of a mutual friend. We were both just involved in our kids' lives, just, you know, being single parents at this point. I was very freshly divorced and he had been divorced probably about five years, four or five years, four or five years. And both of us raising our children full time at that point. And so I had friends that their children were on the same softball team as his daughter. And so they called me up and was like, Hey, we have this single dad. We want you to meet. And I was so freshly divorced. I was like, I am not ready. And then they told me the whole, Oh no, he's perfect. He's hardworking. He's good looking. Like he's a great dad. Wait a minute. How were you on the market, Randall, for five years though? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm what's, what's the deal? Uh, you know, it's a choice. And it, I, I really put my daughter first, you know, because we went through, it, it was such a tough divorce that, you know, it, it was just a tough transition. We were living in one state and just really felt like me and her needed to come back to uh, the state where I had my family at. So, you know, it, it was a lot of transition periods and just really took time to focus on me and who I was and being a dad, taking care of my daughter. And just, you know, I, yeah, I was just in very involved. <laughs> Just wish right. more men would do that though. You know, just figure out who the heck you are. And then yeah. you were a custodial dad. So you had like this whole, I mean, the social stigma that comes along with that and finding support. So it's good yeah. that you were like, wait, let me just make sure, yeah. make sure. So then Scarlett, they're like, hey, we got this hot dad for you. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, I'm not ready. So what happened? Yeah. So I, I wasn't ready. Cause I was, it was still so new and I didn't think I could ever love anyone. Um, like I love my ex-husband because we were high school sweethearts and stuff. And I just didn't even know how that would be possible. And I just began praying and asking like, God remove this feeling like from inside of me. I don't want to feel this way towards my ex because we don't have, we don't have a future together. I mean, I wanted it, but we didn't have it. And so I began to pray that. And I spent some time just allowing that to take place. And then one day I just, um, and I talk about God a lot because my faith is really what brought me to this place where I am at and able to be the parent that I am and the wife that I am and all of that. So I, I told God, it's a funny story. Cause I was in the shower one day and I was like, God, I think I'm ready. And this guy that I had never met before in my life, only one conversation <laughs> had taken place of my friend calling and telling me about him. His name came up and I was like, what? So I jumped on it. I called my friends. I said, Hey, you know, I want to meet them. Y'all have any softball games coming up soon? And of course they did. I was living about an hour away. I drove down. I'm a little impulsive in that kind of way. Like when I want something, I want something. I want to go get your man. Listen, (laughs) Yeah. So I, I drove down. I came, it was our hometown that I was driving back to. And so I drove everyone in the stands knew that I was there to check out Randall, except Randall. <laughs> had so, no idea. <laughs> I think, did your mom know or she didn't know? I don't think even my mom knew because it was just me and my oh. mom. They're watching my daughter play. Had no idea. <laughs> oh, God. 
So I saw him and I was like, thumbs up. I want to meet him. They introduced us after the game. It was a very quick interaction. We were both kind of awkward and weird with it. And it was back with flip, flip phones. So he took my number down and then he went to go work in the concession stand for his daughter because that's the kind of guy he is, you know, all wow. in. In the concession. Really? Come yeah. on, Randall. I was like, babe, I was like, Scar, I got to go. Let me get your number. We can talk later. Now, I messed up, though. I messed up back in the, I don't know if you remember flip phone days, but I closed I the flip phone and I didn't save the number. You didn't save it. <laughs> I didn't save it. And so it, it wasn't until later on that I realized, you know, I went back to find the number and it wasn't there. And so I panicked and didn't really know what to do. So it was like a couple of days later that finally I'm, I'm like calling up the coach's wife and saying, do you have her number by any chance? And she's like, are you serious? You lost she's like, it already? It's been days. Are you? And they yeah, weren't even know, asking me. I was like, he must not have liked me. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I really flipped well. Yeah. Cause if you don't hit save and you know, I think, I don't know how old, we have some young millennials that listen to this. I don't even think they're probably like flip phones. You guys are dinosaurs. It's but a thing I remember, of the past. It is. It's yeah. So weird. Like if you don't hit save on that flip phone, it's over. It's done. done. Remember, oh. you had to like if you wanted to text somebody a word with an <laughs> S in it, you had to press <laughs> oh. like four buttons. And I was yeah. a master at that. So when we got the touch screen, it was like my thumb is too big because I was like, <laughs> I knew how to click those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was basically, and that's it. It was love at first sight. You guys are like, we're gonna do life together and these are our situations so then often and i look at the statistics or i used to but not so much these days when you're bringing in children and both parties have children and you are doubly blending because now you guys have your way of parenting you're doing it your way over here scarlet and now these kids are coming in who have different backgrounds they each have another parent um what what were the challenges? Did you face any challenges with saying, okay, Riley's let's all bunk up and be in the same house and you're going to be Riley one and Riley two. Like what were the challenges that you guys had to face initially? Yeah, we gave them a complex. So we called them big Riley and little Riley. And so, yeah, it was like years later, it's like, oh man, we messed up. Sorry guys. We should have done something (laughs) different here. Yeah. And that really though, I mean, it did, I think, eat on them on the inside eventually but that was like really the least of our concerns I mean it started from even he proposed everything was fine our kids were like all on board the only thing that wasn't fine coming into the relationship was more uh maybe so my ex that was a lot of red flags in the beginning of him seeing uh what situations that I was going through because it just we were still freshly divorced so we had all of that baggage still like right there and yeah. then right before we got married, his, his daughter was like, nope, dad, pump the brakes. I don't want this. Like, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, you're fixing to walk down the aisle almost, you know, it's kind of one of those. And it's like, oh, you know, we, cause we had already she had you to herself for five years. It was just you and for your sure. baby. Yeah, it was Randall a challenge. And- well, and even in our dating process, you know, we took a year dating and, uh, you know, we went on a few dates even before we, you know, brought the kids together just to make sure, you know, you want to make sure that it's going to work. You don't want to just yes. bring your kids and, you know, into the mix 
until you kind of know for sure that, hey, I think this is going somewhere. And so, yeah. you know, we did, we did that and went on a few dates and, you know, really saw that connection. Mm -hmm. Then we start bringing the kids around and we start doing things with them kind of together. We do fun things and have a lot of good times. And then whenever it came time for the proposal, you know, I went to Riley and I, I talked to her and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking about marrying her. You know, what do you think? And, and really kind of asking her and she was all on board. Everything was great. And so, you know, we just kind of really talked with our kids about this and but yeah it came close to the day of and she was backing out you know it's like <laughs> she's it's like, like you oh, know what no. nope i don't, I don't yeah, want this i don't yeah. want this mm. and but, so they, but we saw a lot of that in our marriage you know initially was definitely her in that resistant role to the stepmom to the bonus mom right you know there, there was that there's that resistance and of course there's going to be you know she didn't know how to navigate through that and you know we didn't necessarily even know how to talk through that at that time and and to be able to bring that out and to be able to help her through that you know we were just taking it's almost like firefighters right you know we're running around okay you know putting this fire out then go put that fire yes. out and, you know without trying to get ahead of it so then when you guys like because I know you said before, it was a couple of dates and it, you took some time. I don't think there's like a cliche amount of time, like, oh, don't introduce the kids for a year or for six months. But for you as a couple, what were the mile markers that said, hey, I think this is a good time for us to kind of bring our kids into this mix? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, well, for one, we were doing long distance in the beginning. So we were an hour away so oh, we were talking okay. a lot. Our, con our, our conversations were very intentional in the beginning. We had a lot of like deeper conversation, late night combos before oh. we got to the point where we were like, okay, we know this is what we, we want. And that's when we started, okay, let's find a time that we can introduce the kids. So it wasn't really like a certain amount of time. But because we did have to drive like to go see each other, I think it was a couple months before we got in there and we said, OK, let's get the kids together and in more of a group setting. And it, it did kind of work out nicely because of between the softball atmosphere that his daughter was already comfortable with and those group of people. And that was who I hung out on my extra time. And so just bringing all the kids together, not just our kids together in these yeah. group settings was very helpful. Uh, and I don't really think that it was like, okay, well, we got to wait this amount of time. It was just what was feeling more natural and comfortable in that situation. And then I always just say about six months in, you know, if this is somebody you do, you, you know, you freaking know, like for those of you single girls that are listening to this right now and Randall, I, I'm, we're going to hear from Randall too. Randall, how long is it? Did it take you to say, Oh yeah, I'm going to get this gal. This is, be <laughs> mine. This, is, this is mine right here. Like it didn't take you years and years, right? No, no, for definitely not. And, you know, kind of as she brought up, we had been divorced. So we kind of, you know, we had that past. So we kind of knew what we were looking for, you know, and, and being able to ask some of those deeper questions, like she's saying, I mean, you're talking about, you know, if, if religion and Christianity is strong for you, then you want to bring that up because that could be a really, you know, a, a deal breaker if, you know, y'all don't see eye to eye on that thing. And that's just one topic, right? So there's so many topics that you start looking for and, and it's almost like an interview, right? Like you're kind of interviewing someone because <laughs> I, it's so easy to rush in on our emotions whenever they're highest. Like, Oh, I like you, you look good. <laughs> you know? And then you start, you start going on and you start dating and you start having all this fun. You let the fun take over 
from right. the emotional state and what you're really looking for. And then now you're in so involved that you feel like you can't back out or something. Right. And right. now you're getting yourself into a situation where, you know, we didn't have those deep conversations and now these are becoming bigger issues for us later on. So it really is, you know, I think that was something that we did right. You know, we did a lot of things wrong, but, you know, we, we definitely did that right about talking about some of those things and our wants, our likes, dislikes, what just we're looking for. Just make sure that some of your core marriage. values were yeah. similarly aligned, right? So for then sure. let's talk about what we did wrong because, I mean, I built two whole <laughs> platforms on all the wrong stuff I did. You know, nobody's <laughs> going to get it right. None of us, you know, know exactly what to do. But then let's talk best practices and some of the things that you guys learned just by bumping your head. So what did you do wrong, categorically wrong? I would say the very, the, the main thing is when I divorced, I was very adamant of, I wanted to create a family now that was right. I wanted to do it the right way. And so I came in hot and I came in, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted him to be dad in our household. Yeah. And I, in that sense, I never really came about it in a way of like with my stepdaughter, like, Hey, you know, I'm not trying to replace your mom. Like I thought, okay, her mom is in a whole nother state. She needs a mom. I'm here. I can play that role. And so yeah. I came in with that mindset of mom and that pushed her further away. And the more yeah. I just, I mean, and that's, I'm a people pleaser and I want to come in and just make people like me. And I'm like wanting to just win her over. And the harder I tried and the more I pushed, more the more resistance that she had. Yeah. And so that's where I know, like, and I, I'd probably would not have admitted that through the process. It took going through the process and realizing like, Oh yeah, I was, I was being... doing too much. You're like, I was kind of doing too much. This is a lot. What about you, Randall? What is one of those things? And when you're looking back, you're like, man, I, I dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, that, is there anything that, you can think of? Yeah, for sure. And I think parenting on the same page, you know, we, yeah. you know, for the, you know, probably first three, four years of our marriage, really, we had a lot of differences that of how we wanted to parent. And so it, it was almost like, you know, we put that wall up to where I would parent Riley this way, you know, even whenever it came down to schools, you know, we saw different things within our hometown. She wanted uh, her kids to go to this one school and I wanted mine to go to another. I mean, it was just the little stupid things that, you know, mm -hmm. we had that, you know, we, we didn't really, you know, we, we just, I would parent one way and she would parent another. And, yeah. you know, so we had a lot of differences and it wasn't until later to where we learned to really compromise and we learned to come together as a unit, as it's like, you know what, we are one team, you know, and whenever we approach our family that way, whenever we finally got yeah. that and we were able to come together and start talking through these problems and reaching compromises and that give and take, man, yeah. it revolutionized our marriage, revolutionized our parenting. So yeah, that, that was a big challenge that we faced. And I know a lot of families out there, a similar situation where like, he would say I was very lenient with my kids. I wasn't hard enough. And I thought that he was too hard on them. And then both my kids were diagnosed ADHD. Well, during the marriage the early years is when we just realized that they were ADHD. And so that yeah. has a whole nother aspect of how kids interact and how they do and how well they listen Absolutely. the first time he, he raised Riley where he told her to do something and she did it. 
Me, right. I told my kids to do something. We, we talked about it. They complained, they whined. And I told them again, and then eventually I would lose it on them. And then maybe they did what I and He is seeing this and he's like, Oh God, what is happening? Well, like, yeah. yeah. Well, well kind of like I you started, were talking the two different parenting styles, right? You had mentioned that earlier and it's, it is, it's so big to be able to talk and work through that. And I had gotten like a, in, in my head and what I thought, because I didn't want him to see that side of me. I began to parent away from him. So I would act oh. all like whatever in front of the, in front of him, in front of the kids. But when we were by ourselves, when we would get in the car, when we would head to school, whatever, then I would just go off on them. And then I would turn into crazy woman because I was too scared to let him see me actually parent in that way, because I was afraid he was going to leave. And I didn't want to find myself 30 years old with two divorces behind me and being, you know, trying to figure this thing out again. So I really kept that side of me hidden and secret. And what it was doing is it was really messing with my kid's head. Cause you could imagine you're seeing two different sides of mom, you know, right. you're like, mom is so nice in front of Randall, but in the car, <laughs> she rips our heads off. Like wh- what is happening here? And then also, um, you, you said the kids that di- they got diagnosed. And so that does present an entirely different level right. of how do I parent? And I'm sure you both had a learning curve because the kids got diagnosed during your marriage, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, so we did. Is- we really we really dove into that and, you know, started uh, getting books and researching yeah. and, you know, kind of the best way to parent through this because it is. It, it's, a, it's a challenge and you have to approach that differently. And, Absolutely. You know, especially Absolutely. with that, they, they need consistency and structure. And yes. that was just something that we struggled with because we we're so busy. You know, we kind of mm. let the busyness of life pull us away mm. to where we couldn't really have a good structure. Yes. yes. Now, how oh, long have you guys been married? Uh, going four, on 14 years 14. Uh, next month. So, yeah. 14 years in August. Yep. Wow. We have 14 and I'm so sorry, Scarlett. I'll just cut you off. You're about to say something. No, you're good. Well, I was going to say, and that was another thing that for us was one of our main struggles is that we wanted to be such a, just a great influence on our kids that we had them signed up for everything, doing everything, living the American dream, but it caused us to not have any time to come together and create this family in our household because we were always gone or doing or going in that situation. So we would try to come up with a game plan. We would try, like, we were like, okay, so we're going to do this. This is how we're going to parent And then life would happen. They would go to their other parents and then we have to deal with the, you know, when they come back and that whole transition period and nothing was ever consistent. And so we couldn't ever like just get a hold of what it needed to look like in our family. Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmoms, that's you and me. Like there's a whole bunch of moving parts, you know, and you know, I feel like those of us that are in blended families is sometimes your home is does have a revolving door, 
mm-hmm. because there's another parent that might have a very positive and sometimes very negative or just very different impacts on what you're doing in your household. Let's kind of transition into talking about how you guys as a married couple, how do you navigate when the people that don't live in your household that are impacting your children, what are some of the things that you do to navigate these nuances that come along with co-parenting or counter-parenting as I like to say sometimes? Yeah, we had on both sides, we had high conflict co-parenting. You know, we, we all saw very differently, different morals, different ways of parenting, different, you know, and it it really did. It it got, Mm. I mean, we had court systems involved. It got down to that. And, you know, we were in courts with a lot of things. And, and so it was, it was a challenge, especially at first, we didn't know how to handle it. So it was a lot of arguing is a lot of, you know, it's like, you always know, the right buttons to push with your ex. And they always know those right buttons to push with you to turn you in. My favorite button with the ex to push is the block button. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do that too. And the hang up button, it's like, "Mm -mm, done talking. That's that's it. In call decline. Yes. (laughs) In call. But it, it, you know, it's, it's learning boundaries. You know, it's really trying to learn those boundaries and also learn that they're just things outside of your control, you know, and some, you have to be able to handle what's within your control, what's within your house and those outside influences. What we like to say, uh, we go back to our faith. We pray about it. You know, the things that are outside of our control, we pray about it and give it to God. No, he's working it all out. So, you know, but within our control, within our house, we create certain rules, certain ways we do try to create our own little culture here while it's within our control. Mm -hmm. And again, a hard lesson that learned the hard way. And like most of the blended family situations, and that was, I did try to control my ex-husband and what happened in their house. And in a, in a sense, even the things that were going on in my stepdaughter's house, like I wanted them to live the same life we were trying to give the kids. Yeah, I, yeah. This is right. We know best, right? Because yeah. ours is a standard and we know what's best. Right. Obviously, that's why Obviously. we believe that. And I mean, I would try and he was not, and my ex-husband was not having it. And anything that I would say was right, obviously, you know, he said it was wrong and vice versa. And so I spent a lot of energy and time trying to get him and a lot of money and court systems and all that to get him to understand that he needed to raise the children the way that I believe they (laughs) needed to be raised. And it wasn't until they became teenagers and they began to push back in that area and each of our kids one by one starting with our our stepdaughter and then with my two left to go live with their other parent and at the time that they were doing it and the ages that they were with with my stepdaughter we really the the laws and the rules in in their state there wasn't a whole lot we could do we just you know okay go and do you know and try this out and see how it goes and it was heartbreaking because it ended up ruining our relationship for three years we went without having any contact really with her. And then that fell suit with, with my two children as well. And they went, they kept running away and I kept, I had law kind of on my side. So I kept trying to bring them back, but so one day you were just like, you know what? I got to let go and let God, because I'm trying to force this thing. Do you think that big Riley influenced because they, you know, they saw like, wait, she can go out and live with her other parent and do what she wants to do. Um, do you think that was an influence on the, your younger two? 
Oh, it definitely, the words came out of their mouth at different times. Well, y'all let her do it. And I'm like, we didn't really have a lot of open conversations like that with our kids either. When it came to that kind of stuff, we tried to like shield them and guard them in all the ways possible. Mm. And so we could have had a lot more conversations and communications and cleared some air in there. It wasn't really until the kids were leaving that I just started to throw out anything I could to try to make them stay. And so opening up and telling them like, we did not let her, that was, you know, that was a painful for us, but we didn't have a choice. And so that was one of the things it definitely influenced. They're like, okay, if she could do it, we can do it. You know what? I think it's, um, I I admire, I legitimately admire the fact that you two are able to come out and say, man, you know, at one point our kids left because for a lot of parents and we all know parenting is one of the most egotistical roles that you can have. That does a number on your ego. When your kid looks at you and you've raised them, you've changed your diapers, you've done all these things and they want to go to that other person that you may or may not even like or respect or have a relationship with. Yeah. I imagine that it feels defeating and um, it's humiliating and it's very humbling, you yeah. know? So you mentioned the three years that, you know, you had this three year space of just silence. Was this alienation or was this just time that everybody needed to heal and let's put the pump, the brakes and you go do your thing and I do mine. No, it, it was definitely uh, blocked. I, I mean, whenever whenever my daughter left, it was it was more of those I fought really hard, and legally I could have made it her stay, and I did a lot of things like canceling plane flights and things of that. But after really, you know, I was looking for wise counsel. I'm calling my pastor. I'm calling you know you know anybody. Then I'm arguing yeah. on the phone with her mom, and I mean, it was just it was very ugly and very nasty. But it came down to one day really kind of seeing where she was and knowing no matter how hard I fight, I could have fought to make her stay and made her stay, but she, it would have messed her up here. You know, she was already gone in here. And if I had forced that, that's not healthy either. So even if I disagreed with where she was going or the lifestyles, no matter what, this wasn't healthy. And so I knew that I had to come. What was my reason? No, what was her reason? Because I know we're talking teenagers and guys, we all know teenagers brains ain't even developed, you know, but they, they, they look grown, they smell grown, but they do not have (laughs) the capacity to make these decisions. So, um, for the parents out there that are literally dealing with the same thing, because there's so many that are probably too embarrassed to say, and they think they're losing air quotes, losing their children. Um, what was her, what were her reasons? Yeah. So you know, this is the hardest part that we see in so many blended families is whenever our teenagers, when our kids hit those teenage age, that age, they look and the grass is greener on the other side. And especially Ooh, if they've been with you the majority of the time, uh, yeah. they want to, they want to explore, they want to know. And the truth is they are still their other parent, whether you like it or not, you know? And yeah. so they always, that it, it's always that thing, you know, around the 14, 15, 16 year age, they push back and, and they, they had those desires. And for her, that was it. You know, she missed her mom. She wanted a relationship with her mother that she yes. hadn't had, you know, and she was really fighting for that. And even in our house, you saw the pushback, 
from, especially from a stepmom's role, that's one of the toughest positions. <laughs> I, I give kudos to all stepmoms out there because that really is, that's one of the challenge, most challenging positions, but there was so much pushback and resentment that she wanted that relationship with her mom. And she had even opened up, it was years later, you know, after she came back and, you know, she, she did come back and it was a beautiful story and all, everything was restored. And even our relationships with all of our kids are at the best they've ever been. You know, I mean, that is just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing at yeah. what has happened. But, you know, at, at that time, it, it really was, she, she looks back now and she says, you know what? I saw little, little Riley and Devin with mm, you. Having a mom. I oh. wanted that. In fact, I resented them for having that yeah. relationship. Yeah. And I didn't even know it at that time. You know, and it's so crazy that our kids, wow. even at that age, they don't understand. They don't know why they're angry. They don't know why right. they're upset. But they have a longing for their other parent, especially if they're not with them or they see them every now and then. They want yeah. that. They want that relationship. They desire it. And if they get to a point where they can push back, they're going to. You know, it's just going to be a thing. Absolutely. And sometimes you know, given the situation, they have to experience that they have to make that choice on their own, you know, they do. And, and that's, that's, that's the hardest thing as a parent. And I know probably people listening right now are saying that sucks. And it does. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks as, as just being a parent right there, being able to go through that. But let me tell you, whenever that, that alone strengthened our marriage, you know, yeah. at a time to where it could have broke us apart is strengthened us because we chose to latch onto each other and to cry on each other's shoulder and to, you know, it built our faith. Our faith just, you know, totally grew, mm. you know, so that came from it. And then our relationships came back. You know, I, I always love to say our, our kids at that age, they, they leave for a little while just <laughs> at who they are. You know, they become different people. Yeah. They, they become really weird at that age. Then they come back. They come back to sanity and reality. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. You know, it, it, they, they do. And they come back and you can have some beautiful relationships, but it is on how you go through that and not make them more damaging. You know, you want right, to do things right. within that time period that will allow them to come back without continuing. Scarlett, I have, I want to put a pin in it. I have like 50 million questions for you. But then <laughs> when she, when she came back, Randall, when she was like, okay, you know, let's open the door. You've had this three period, three year period of pretty much dead silence. Right. Yeah. Um, how was the transition to saying, so, Hey dad, um, grass ain't greener. Or, hey, I think I'm ready now. How does that go? Yeah, so whenever she left, she had built up these monsters in her head, you know, outside influences speaking into her to where she really yeah. created, we were the monsters. We yeah. were against yeah. her. You're the bad and guy. Exactly. Yeah. And so when she left, she that was her mental state at that time. So when she left, she blocked me from all social media. She brought, blocked me from phone. I couldn't mess her. I couldn't call her. She wouldn't answer. And so, you know, we did that for years and I would attempt and nothing. And you're talking about a dad who's just broken hearted. I'm sitting here crying saying, I don't even know if I'm going to get to walk my daughter down the aisle type mentality. You know, you, you didn't go see through an these, end to any of this. You go you through just... these emotions. And, but, you know, like I said, we lean on each other. We grew our faith, but there was a time whenever uh, Susan, our oldest now, she came into the picture and she started, my daughter started seeing that on social media. And she was like, it's like, who is this girl? She was like, they just replaced She's me. Replaced. Exactly. She replaced me. And so now there's all this bashing and talk. And I'm like, 
that's not even it. You don't even know the story, man. I want to tell here. you, you yeah. know? And so I, I was like broken heart whenever I heard that I'm reaching out and, you know, I'm, I'm talking with our youth pastor and saying, Hey, could you call her? Could you reach out? You know, all these avenues just to make a connection to where she would start talking, but I had to get intentional. You know, th this is one of the points to where you could just throw your hands up and say, you know, there's nothing I can do. But the yeah. thing is, I was like, you know what, I'm going to call her once a week, every week, and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to let her know I'm there. I'm going to let her know I care and I love her and I want to talk to her. So I put a reminder on my phone every Sunday, I would call her. And, you know, there was times when she didn't answer, but finally she did answer. And whenever she answered, it was very surface level. It was like, hey, how's the weather? <laughs> the weather's good. How are communication the is opening up at this I mean, point? I, like I had to be intentional to try to open up that line of communication and after us doing that, we started really being able to have good conversations. She started letting her walls down and we started to really talk and connect. And finally, there was one day to where she was like, Dad, I, I want to come down and visit. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And we hey, even wait got a minute. To what about the influence from her other parent? I mean, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of bad things going on with her at that time and with the whole situation, which, okay. you know, we, we kind of knew was going to happen, but you know, she had to experience it. She had to and find out. Yeah. She had she, to, that's what I tell people, yeah. these kids, you know, sometimes you just got to sit back and shut your mouth and pray that God protects them exactly. and nothing bad happens to them and that they can yeah. recover, but they got to see some things. On but in part of that too, she had already left her mom's situation was living at her grandmother's, her mom's mom because she knew oh. she got to a place where this wasn't good anymore but she was too scared to come back it was here. humiliated too she was like <laughs> dang i put my foot in my mouth like but she told you she says dad i want to come to see yeah. you yeah and so we had a couple times to where we got her a plane ticket and day of she got really anxious and mm -hmm. she backed out and so here we are, you know, we're like, oh my goodness. And so she's calling me dad. I didn't get on the plane, you know, and we're like brokenhearted. We, and we bought her. all the, her favorite foods, everything to prepare the house. We're so excited. We hadn't seen her in years. And then she's not, I mean, we are sitting in our room on the ground crying, like, come on, God. So it, it took that a couple of times. And finally, one time I'm like, you know what? I will drive up there and get you. And so that's what, and she was cool with that. And I'm like, let's do this. So I drove, it was like a 10 hour trip there. And then we turned right around and did another 10 hours back to. Oh, so it was uh, just you and her in the car. Me, and, 10 me hours. and her. I drove up there to get her. Yeah. That way she didn't have to do the whole plane thing. And so, yeah, we, I was on the road for like 20 hours that day and yeah. it was so worth it. I mean, yeah. whenever I picked her up, I mean, it, I, I still feel that hug. You know, I still feel that hug from Don't her. Don't Yeah, I'm like trying <laughs> like, to cry. I feel like I'm about to cry too. Yeah, it was such an impacting yeah. moment. And then oh, on the uh, on the ride back, I mean, we just had such great conversation. We didn't stop talking to each other, and it was such a beautiful thing. And and just that broke down walls to where it wasn't soon after that she was like, "Can I move back in?" And it's like, "This is your house." Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, that, so that was Scarlett. My, my question for your beautiful wife is you are literally watching a grown man break down in tears. He is, his heart is broken and it's a piece of his heart that you don't have access to. And there's nothing you can do to fix it. How do you, as a wife, as a person that loves him so much, how do you just sit and watch this man struggle and face this type of pain? I mean, it was hard. It was to 
and I was out of town when this all went down in the beginning. And so coming home to him being broken in that sense and him telling me what had taken place, I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it broke my heart in pieces and I'm not even the biological parent. So I couldn't imagine what he felt. And so just trying to like, for us, probably longer than it should have was like a dark cloud around our house because he was sad. And I took on all of that pain myself too. And unfortunately for our younger two kids that still lived here as well, it was like, it was like a dark cloud because we were all just in this state of, we don't know how to move forward. We don't know what to do. And so for me, it finally got to a place where I did. That's when I started praying. That's when I learned how to pray, how to find scripture that went with what we were, we needed in this time. And so it wasn't with him necessarily. It was in my own quiet time that I was just on my knees, just begging God for him to do something for the situation. And every time there was this little glimpse of hope, it might've been that a text message came through somewhere, or she told somebody something that got back to us. And it was just these faith builders, these little encouragements of like, okay, God is working. He is using this. I mean, and I was a creeper on the social media. I'm good. So I would go, I would go like figure out ways around the block to find out what was going on in her life. And so I could see these things and then I would tell him and kind of stir up some situations or whatever, but it would be just praying. That was the thing that began to break down and then being able to support him in that, as far as like him going, um, like I just praying that God would give him creative ideas to be able to reach her and, you know, have connection with her and not taking it personally. And during that whole season, I learned and grew for myself so that I was able to be a better wife for him. And you did not know the storm that was waiting around the corner for you. (laughs) Cause you, yo, cause now it was going to be his turn to support you. So then talking, let's, you know, transitioning over to, your experience and then your kids saying well hey we have another parent too and you guys have all these rules and I'm pretty sure they were traumatized from what happened with your older child and you guys had to become different people so they're like hmm let me try this and then now Scarlett you are faced with your own issue of your kids saying mom we're, we're running away. I don't want to be here. They're not even saying it to you. They're just doing it. And Packing I, I, bags and leaving while we're at church. That's the kind of stuff. <laughs> like, honey, you don't have any bags. I bought all that stuff. Like, hold on. But you know, well, no, we, it's, yeah, there, there was one time that we, we were at church. We were actually doing an event and everything at the church and it was an evening and they were with their dad and they, they said, Hey, we're going to go out to a uh, lunch or out to dinner with dad. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Y'all go do that. And we come home and their stuff's gone. <laughs> so they had the support of the other parent and, um, and I, you know, obviously I don't want to tell these young people's story because they're not here to tell their own, but this is why I like focusing on the parents, um, experience. So, but basically they had the support of an, an adult to be like, go get your stuff and yeah. go. Uh, yeah. And, and so could you, have- what the, you know, and that, that's kind of what we look back now is like, man, what are they thinking? What are they going through? Especially mm-hmm. being told two different things and you oh know, my just God. Being able to navigate that. And they love both of us. You know, they love their dad. They love their mom and they they're just 
trying to figure it out themselves. <laughs> so yeah, the things that, that, you know, our kids get put into, and that's kind of what we realized after is like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And I thought it was hard. I thought I couldn't feel any more pain than what we experienced when Big Riley left. But when it was my biological Ooh. kids, I mean, I refused when it got to the point where we said, we're going to release Riley, she's going to go. You know, I was like, okay, fully supportive. This is what we got to do. But when it came to my uh-huh. own kids, I said, uh-uh, yeah. here's that we're finding a lawyer. We're getting the best. He's like, best. Scarlett, we got to release them. And you're like, no. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not happening. <laughs> right. It ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Cause it's like, okay, now this is your time for all that faith and all those prayers that you were directing for him. You're like, God gave you answers. And now he's like, girl, you already got the answers. I told you now mm-hmm. it's your turn to start to digest that. Yeah. yeah. But what's amazing, though, is right about that time that they were doing this, and there's a lot of back and forth as in and out of courts at that time. That's when our Riley, big Riley was coming back. So and our relationship was restoring. Mm-hmm. And so going through that, we saw the hope, you know, we saw, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was it was almost like the God was giving us the hope and saying, I you got- saw the past, present and future at the same time. You're like, I know this, how this ends. But I will tell you, I thought there was a timeline. It took three years. And I said, well, they live closer to me. <laughs> So it's going to be about half the amount of time to get this. Scarlett, you started to calculate. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I know what to do. I know the steps. This is how it's going to work. And it wasn't. They still had to live the life that they went off to go live. And I had to allow that. But it was a brokenness of like me still trying to hold on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to force them. And then finally that release. And then again, like you're saying, it was a countdown. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to give them some time. But then I was so hurt. I was embarrassed. Like you were saying, I was like, who am I to say, like, I don't even have my own kids. Like, you know, what kind of mom doesn't even have her own children? And I realized that that was his ex-wife's story the whole time that she didn't have her own child. But yet when it was me, it was a whole different ball game, you know, like we preach and I feel like we are church. It was, and it was it got to a point where I had to decide that I was going to let them go. Even if it came to the point that I was scared for their life. I'll be honest with you. The situations that I was afraid would take place uh, when they were off living on their own in their teenage years, the things I always tried to protect them from, from situations that maybe were real or not real that I built up with their dad and the lifestyle that he had and just drug abuse, like the things. All of the things. Yes. Yep that I was like, they're going to die. What if they die? Because I'm not fighting hard enough. And that was what Mm. I kept thinking. I can't let them go, God, because I can't give up on my kids. And God finally got me to a place. And I still get emotional with when I talk about it, that you've got to let them go. You've, I will take care of them. You have to trust that I will take care of them. And I said, finally, okay, um, I trust you, God. I trust you more than my kid's life. And that is I felt like a bad mom to say that, to say, I trust you, yeah. God, more than I trust the, the fact that my kids might die in this process. And it sounds mm. extreme and I am a little extreme. <laughs> Sometimes I can be a little extra, but that's when a I legitimate let, fear though, that's, that's yeah. legit. it's, it's and not what kind unfounded. Of mom does that. What kind of mom lets her kids go? And I let them go. I released them and I mourned for a long time in that season. And I let them, and it wasn't, and I tell this story sometimes it was a moment where I was passing somebody that I thought was my son. We live in the same town. I thought it was my son and it wasn't. 
but we just passed each other. And I thought, is this the life that I'm going to have with my kids that we would pass each other in public and not even say hello? Like, and I was like, I don't want this. So I began to do the same thing Randall did. I began to slowly reach out and not in a, we have all these differences. There's a lot they were doing in their life that I didn't agree with. I started with this, what we have decided as our choices that we started with fun. We started with connection. We started with dates and we're going to push any differences we have aside. We're not going to focus on them, even though I'm not going to comment on the things that you don't like that they're doing or your shortage, your shirt is too short. You're not doing any of that. You're just reconnecting inviting them out to do little things, not even in our house, because for some reason our house became this like a trigger for them. And I hated it because our house to us was comfort and light and light sanctuary. Yeah. Yes. And for them, the way they would describe it because it had these other connections for them. And so I began to meet with them outside of the house, going in and getting ice cream or, you know, going out to eat, whatever that looked like. Now, Randall, were you a part of that? Or did you guys decide that it's best that they focus on uh, them and mom? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, their relationship needed to be restored first. You know, they needed to have that relationship. They needed to have the mom son time. They need to have the mom daughter time. They needed to be able to reconnect on that biological level. You know, mm-hmm. and, it, you know, I stood back and supported her and encouraged her, you know, no matter however I could, you know, but they had to have that time, you know, and yeah, and that, that is, I think, big for bonus parents not to feel like they've mm-hmm. got to force themselves into those oh, situations. That is so hard. It yes. is. It is. It really is. But they've got to be able to reconnect because once they can reconnect, we can all reconnect. Yeah. You know, but that, that's got to be that lifeline first. And, but it is, is, is finding those common interests and having fun together together started breaking down walls you know for our relationships that really so Scarlett, when you so when, when you got you were sitting down with the kids you're doing these reintroductions you're attempting to reunify what were some of the challenges that you started to notice Mostly, like you said earlier, and we've used the exact same words, our house became a revolving door because once the walls were down and sometimes even circumstances where the kids were kind of forced back to come live with us, our door was open always. They would come back in. And now I did have to still parent. We did have to still parent these children. And so it wasn't all just fun and games. So now I'm having to speak on the things that I don't agree with, or maybe they're coming home. They've had so much freedom and now they're coming home and yeah, rules. Yeah. They're wanting to go out, be all, you know, on their own, come in late hours. And our household doesn't function that way because we have to be up early and, you know, drug abuse, you know, different things like that, where I'm like, I can't sit back and not say anything or do anything because now it's our house that it's affecting. So we came to a place of if it wasn't allowed in our house and you had to respect these hours, this is how we function. But, and if you can do that, you're always welcome here. But if you can't, then you need to find another place or let us help Mm. you. That's another thing that we, we ended up doing really well is let us help you find a a different option than living here. I love you enough that I know this isn't going to work. And they're young adults at this point. It's not like we're sending our 16 year old. Yeah. Yeah. They're 17, 18, 19. Right. And you're realizing this is not working for anybody. I admire how you guys handle this. Oh my God. So then you're saying, let me help you find somewhere else, but it can't, can't be here. Not like this. 
Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we did with each of the kids and helped them get on that platform. And some of them, you know, went out and flourished and some crashed and burned and came back. And it's, uh-huh. it has been this revolving thing, but I'll tell you each time the kids have come back, there's been a different, even when big Riley came back a different kind of respect for our household and Ooh. just being a part of a community and her relationship with me and the things that I poured into in those early years that maybe she rejected that she yeah. embraced more of now because she saw the difference in different lifestyles and stuff. And so that was, that was just comforting knowing that we did these things. We planted so many seeds in the beginning, even though they were rejected for several years when the grass was greener on the other side, then they began to see their eyes were Mm. open and they began to love and honor and respect those things that were, that made up us as their parents. Well, I'll, wow. I'll tell you right now, I mean, my daughter and her have, they're, they're like best friends. I always say that. And she goes, no, they are, be- we are best. We friends. are. We're not like best friends. We are best friends. <laughs> they have, they have a better, really? relationship. They have a better yeah. relationship than I think me and her because <laughs> they're always hanging out and always, I mean, it's just, it, it's amazing. It's beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. kind of where it's at today. Life has been, you know, you guys have been, you were the prime examples of life throwing all these really hard things at you and you look like the example of what it means to flourish and enjoy your blended family. Now we didn't get a chance too much to talk about um, your adopted child, but I know um, it sounds like that was kind of the glue also. Like, you know, the kids are seeing this person that you guys took on and you're their biological parents. And they're like, look how we're doing our biological parents. And they've chosen. And this young lady has this opportunity so where does this, uh, Susan is her name, correct? Yeah, yeah. Where does Susan fit into all of this craziness? Did she say, oh God, I should have picked another family or like <laughs> what? <laughs> now, you know, she, she had her own baggage, you know, and that that's kind of one of those things to where, you know, whenever you are fostering a kid, you know, this wasn't a legal fostering, but you know, yeah, it's bringing, yeah. bringing her into you her took home her in. and saying, still your baby. This, yeah. this is, yeah. this is home. You know, we're, we're offering you love support and all that. And, you know, she had her own issues just from her background that she was having to work with. So there's a lot of personality differences and the personality clashes that we all had to blend. You know, it's like a whole new blending process (laughs) that kind of came in for us. And she came in wanting to act and behave the way we wanted our kids to act and behave. She came in calling us mom and dad. (laughs) She came in like wanting to help and then being the like what we would consider she's the only kid of ours that went to like a four-year university but that had nothing on us that was her she wanted prom she wanted the high school experience and none of our kids cared for any of that (laughs) 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 so you guys still got to experience so you guys still got to experience that and i always say family is really what you make it to you know so you guys have literally defined and then redefined and then defined again what family looks like so whatever happened with you know the biological parents um how ironic scarlet that you said and i'm sure you probably had some feelings about this woman that didn't have her kid and oh where is this mother and then you yourself are forced to look at this image in the mirror and you're seeing that same thing being projected back to you what a humbling thing what a humbling thing to, you know, deal with that. And then you as a husband, Randall, you know, your job is to serve and protect. Was that the police or is that husband? It, to protect the household. 
You know, you, you, you would think, you know, masculine, I'm going to protect my household from harm. I'm going to keep all um, outsiders away from this, this, um, this armor that we have here. And then watching these children that you also loved and protected and watching your wife be hurt by someone else. Have you guys um, individually and as a couple, have you been able to find common ground with the other parents or is that just is what it is? It's really a roller coaster. I mean, I want, when I see things on social media and I, I want to be like besties with yeah. our exes. And sometimes we're in a season, like we'll have um, Riley's younger brother come and stay the summer with us. It's, you know, no biology to us, but he'll come oh, and nice. he'll, he'll stay and hang out and things are great. And then sometimes, especially when we started this journey, it was painful for her to watch us talk about this stuff. So we, we ended up blocking just for her sanity yeah. and for me to be able, I was trying to be too guarded in everything that I did. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. talk happy or I couldn't talk sad because everything would upset her because she didn't get to experience the things we experienced. But it was damaging yeah. her and Riley's relationship. So she'd always go back on Riley and and, you know, it, it just, it was really damaging there for them. So, so yeah, yeah, you know, we have to kind of watch those, but I mean, with her mother, we've been out to dinner and stuff with her and her, her uh, boyfriend and things like that several times, you know, especially whenever we were picking up, you know, her, her son and everything we go and we meet halfway yeah. and we'd sit down and have a dinner together and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it really is, it's, you know, we try, we're, we both on both sides, we try to be respectful and, yes. you know, just really understanding the other's point of view you and seeing that and sometimes it works well for all of us and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it doesn't and we got to distance ourselves a little more and then sometimes we get pulled in we get a little closer and sometimes we just so you know it really is that roller coaster and you just take it as it goes and the thing is is we love them and we want the best for them right and on both sides and that that's kind of the approach is you know we don't want any harm we we want you know i want my daughter and her to have a good relationship you know even now that they're adults i still want them to have a good relationship because they need that you know they need that from both parents absolutely that's amazing for the child so then you guys you know enjoying your blended family it seems like y'all have done more than enjoy your family you guys have (laughs) yeah y'all have really experienced the gamut of uh, now that I think of it, like darn near every piece of of the blended family, you've gone from the conflict, you've rode the ridden the roller coaster, and you also seems like you were, you're at the point of like radical acceptance. You're like, listen, we're not always going to be best friends, we're not closing the door, but we know how to protect ourselves and our household. Right. Wow. So then tell everybody how to find you. Cause I told you guys, I was only going to keep you a half hour, but this guy's so good. And audience, I know you guys <laughs> don't mind. This guy's so good. Y'all know I couldn't cut them off, but I want everybody. <laughs> Please, please, please go find Randall and Scarlett. Please go find them. And guys, tell everybody that's listening how to connect with you and how to find you. Yeah, for sure. So we're on all the socials. It's enjoying your blended family. Our main hangout is Instagram, uh, that and Facebook. You know, we got our podcast as well. But yeah, enjoying your blended family. You can find us. But yeah, that's that's really what it's about is through this whole journey. We've learned that you connect more with having fun. You connect more mm. when you see more joy. When you, when you look for more joy, you see more joy. And that's kind of through this whole process. And being able to do that, 
it has brought restoration to all of our relationships and just put them on yeah. another level. And so, you know, for so long, we were really chasing the moment and saying, well, when we hit here, it'll get better. When we find here, we'll find peace. And, you know, it was really that, that, that ministering to us that we have to enjoy the moment. Now we have to choose mm. to enjoy it now, because if we don't, it's always a fleeting thing. And we're going to okay, constantly. Okay. Pastor Randall. Okay. Pastor Randall. <laughs> Yes. And then that's, and that's what our focus is on our podcast too. Like Mondays, we talk about real topics of enjoying your blended family. There are hard things and it is a choice that we make. And then Fridays we share ideas. So for anyone that's listening and you're like, well, how can I enjoy my blended family? We share ideas, how to date your spouse. Cause sometimes you're left where it's just the two of you and you have to learn how to enjoy that too. If it's a holiday or if it's a regular weekend, summertime when you were supposed to have your kids and you don't, whatever that looks like. So we share ideas, how to enjoy each other. We share ideas how to enjoy one-on-one -on -one time with your, your own biological kid or your stepkid or ideas as a whole family. So that's really, we try to do a nice balance because it isn't all rainbows and butterflies <laughs> in enjoying your blended family. There is still the hard part, but it's a choice to enjoy whatever that looks like in your blended family. And it gets better the more you do it. It gets a little easier the more you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You still have to remind it, me every holiday. <laughs> it, you know, it really does get better. You know why? Because even if those other people in the world don't, we do. We have, like you said, we have to focus on getting better every single day. Scarlett and Randall, Tandy. Y'all, this has been such a, an amazing hour with the Tandys. I kind of feel like y'all are going to have to come back. And also, everyone, for everyone that's listening, every single one of their links, their podcast, their social media, everything is going to be listed down below and here on the screen for those of you that are watching us. I thank you all for joining in another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. New episodes every other Tuesday, everywhere your favorite podcasts are streamed. Thank you so much. And you know Miss Naja loves you. I know I'm crazy. 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 With Naja Hall.